Welcome to another edition of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. Well, we are finally on the last episode of our throwback, uh, throwback watching episodes, whatever you like to call them. Um, it's Game 7 of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals between Calgary Flames and your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, yeah, so, you know, I just have to say, to start off, um, I had a lot of fun watching these games. Uh, there was a lot of things that happened in this series that I totally forgot about. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, it, you, when you think about, you know, this series 16, uh, years later, um, and some of the players that played in this series and where their careers ultimately went, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see, uh, how they went on with their careers. Uh, for example, Jerome McGinley, you know, you would have, you would have thought at that point, um, that he would have been back in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, that wasn't the case, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Marty St. Louis uh, had a had a run uh, late in his career with the New York Rangers. Uh, you know, he had a chance to also get possibly another cup, but unfortunately didn't. And Brad Richards, the only person from the Stanley Cup team, a uh, notable Stanley Cup member um, that I can think of just right at the top of my head, that ended up getting another um, another cup. He ended up going to the Chicago Blackhawks and winning one with them during uh, uh, their mini dynasty that they had. So, yeah, um, as well as Vinny, Vinny LeCavier, unfortunately, he didn't end up getting one. He had a couple of chances, a uh, couple of runs in the playoffs that he had a chance to get. But, um, yeah, we're going to get into that right now. Uh, just before I get into the recap and we just discuss, um, you know, this incredible game, this incredible game seven, because no matter what sport it is, I'm sure a lot of you that listen to the show can agree with me that, that a lot of, you know, game sevens are a def- different, different animal when it comes to sports, you know, there's anything could happen. It's, they always end up being these weird, um, spectacular games. Um, they don't always follow the, the blueprint as to what you would imagine a game seven would be. Yeah, there's, you know, there's certain exceptions. There's certain games, if you look at history, uh, especially recent history, where game sevens have been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, just one to off the top of my head is game seven. I believe it was the 2016 World Series. It was the Cubs and the Indians. Uh, that game seven that ended up going into extra innings and, you know, all the great things that happened was, uh, absolutely incredible. It's definitely probably one of the best game sevens of all time. Um, I think there was a list that came out maybe a couple of years ago or so, uh, listing, especially after when this game happened, they, I don't know, it was probably ESPN or whatever out news outlet, but they came out with a list, uh, listing off the greatest game sevens or, you know, deciding games of all time. And I, I believe, you know, that was definitely up at the top of the list. So, but yeah, so, the you know this is a weird uh, period that we're in in sports, um, you know, having no sports on, and just with the IOC announcing just yesterday that the upcoming Summer Olympics will be postponed till 2021. And you know, I was watching Avengers: uh, Infinity War yesterday, and I saw some parallels, uh, you know, between that movie and you know also as well as i guess the beginning of endgame spoiler alert coming up ahead so if you haven't watched those movies yet uh i suggest maybe fast forwarding a little bit in the podcast 
so yeah, so if you look at those movies, I guess you could kind of compare the atmosphere of how things were, you know, post the snap with everything uh, as to where things are in the sports world. Obviously, you know, the devastation that went on in that movie is a lot different than what's going on here. Um, you know, there's, I think, but I think this is um, a weird time, you know, something that probably, you know, a lot of people will never experience again. You know, the last time something like this happened where uh, basically, you know, the, everyone's daily life as as well as you know in the sports world kind of changed was during uh 1919 uh during the spanish flu epidemic where they actually canceled the stanley cup finals but why does this have to do kind of why am i trying to compare endgame because if you look at and the beginning of endgame and the end of infinity war that you you know they just the camera shots and you know just how people are acting and all that stuff you could just there's kind of like this lull you could see how people are just kind of i guess tired or exhausted from you know waking up every morning and you know just life not being normal and i guess in a way um obviously you know in the real world it's not like on that kind of level where you know thousands hundreds of thousands of people well basically half the population uh lost their lives but I guess, you know, in the culture that we have now where sports is very much a daily part of our lives, where I think, especially if you are a sports fan, you know, it's not hard at all to go anywhere on the internet or, you know, anywhere once you leave your house to see maybe a reference towards your local sports team or, you know, maybe see a Nike ad that, you know, has a picture of, you know, whatever athlete they're they're trying to promote on there um, or whatever, whatever brand it may be. Um, you really don't see that as often. Um, you don't, you know, I, uh, was, I spoke to a friend yesterday who said that, you know, it's very strange, uh, walking around New York, not being able to hear, um, you know, he's up in New York. He's, it's very strange, uh, walking around New York, one of the most, the biggest cities in the world, you know, not hearing about the Yankees or the Mets or, you know, the Rangers or the Knicks or whatever. And yeah, it's a strange time. And, it, and I think that, in a way, it's it's kind of like reflective, like, you know, we had like some real version of Thanos snap his fingers and, you know, all the sports went away. But, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way it is right now. I just found the, that part in the, the movies very interesting just because how they could relate to how kind of the attitude overall above uh, with many, you know, sports fans are today and hopefully you know we could have our own version of the avengers maybe steal with infinity garland and snap things back to normal and that idea kind of got me thinking uh what players on the lightning do you think you know if you had to fill in your own uh avengers team of tampa bay lightning players who would they be now i i kind of gave some of this i kind of gave this some thought and i have to say of course you know uh, Captain America would, of course, be Steven Stamkos. Him being the captain of this team, you know, he's obviously a very good leader, and I, I think he would he would pretty he would rock the Captain America suit pretty well. Uh, maybe replace the star with a with a uh, Tampa Bay Lightning bolt. That would be a pretty cool suit. Uh, just you know, just have blue and white on it. That would be a pretty cool suit. Um, yeah. Uh, what about 
you know, Iron Man, who, who on this team is maybe a methodical kind of, you know, uh, player out there on the ice who, you know, um, kind of resembles Tony Stark in a way. Um, I would have to go with Alex Korn. Uh, he's kind of got the whole Tony Stark OT thing going on. Um, you know, he's also been, you know, not really at the forefront of this team. Um, you know, kind of if you've watched the Avenger movies, you can kind of tell, even though, yeah, uh, Iron Man has been, uh, you know, he's one of the central key figures. And of course, um, you know, he, he kind of, but he's not hogging the whole action. You know, he kind of just sits back and does his own thing and, ma and makes contributions in a way. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of Marvel fans out there that are also Lightning fans would disagree with me on that to a certain degree which, uh, of course, you are entitled to your opinion. Um, moving on, I think, um, you know, Hawkeye uh, would probably go to Anthony Sorelli. Um, I just think he's, you know, he's very, just like Hawkeye in the Avengers, he's a very quick and agile person who, um, you know, he, he he's obviously not, you know, one of the top members of the team, but he does a lot of small things that are, end up being major contributions, just like Anthony Sorelli. He doesn't put up the biggest numbers. You know, his numbers aren't exactly flashing or eye-catching, but a lot of his contributions either lead to big plays on the ice or, and, you know, that's that's definitely something that's very valuable to a team. Now, the Hulk. <laughs> Who would be the Incredible Hulk? Uh, it's very interesting because, you know, we don't, the Lightning don't exactly have um really uh, large players, but I guess you would have to chalk it up to one of the biggest uh, players on the team. And he's also just like the Hulk, you know, one of the most fun uh, teammates to watch on this team, just like the Hulk is on the Avengers. And that goes to the big man, Victor Hedman. Uh, you know, he's a very popular player. I believe he was also named when NHL 20 released their players of the year. Um, Victor Hedman was on that team, so that was pretty cool to see him uh, get that bump in ratings and all that stuff, especially if you play NHL 20 and you're a Lightning fan. So, yeah, I have to chalk that up to Hedman um, as the Hulk. That would pretty, be pretty cool to, you know, if, if there's any um, uh, graphic design uh, artists out there that are Lightning fans, maybe you could put something together. I would love to see it. I would, def uh, would definitely have the Locked on Lightning Twitter page uh, tweet to them at LO underscore lightning on Twitter. You know, if you if you want to put something together, maybe we could get uh, kind of an Avengers uh, pick of uh, some of the players that I name in this team. I would love to see that. It would be pretty cool. Um, and who would be Thor? Let's take a look at the list right now. You know, um, there's some players that I guess you could, uh, you know, give the position of Thor to. You know, you could definitely... Um, give it to maybe like a Barkley Goodrow or you want to give it to a, you know, maybe a Nikita Kucherov. I think I'm going to give it to Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov, obviously one of the big names on this team. Um, and, you know, he, he definitely, can, I could see him rocking the armor and, you know, you sub maybe you throw together a, uh, a hockey stick, you know, mixed with uh, the hammer in some sort of way. That'd be pretty cool to see. But, now that I've named all those members, we're missing one guy. Who would be, where would, you know, Andres Vasilevsky uh, fit into this? Obviously, he's one of the most valuable players on this team. Uh, 
you know, he's been ever since he came into the league, I think he's been one of the top players in this league uh, on this team. And he's obviously one of the best players on the, you know, on, on the, in, in the league entirely. So where would he fit now? If you, you know, if you've listened to me and of course, um, I hope a lot of you have been listening. If you haven't, please go back and listen to the episodes. I always try to connect the episodes one after another in some sort of way. So they kind of, you know, mix well together. And, you know, I've called Andre Vasilevsky the big cat on numerous occasions, obviously, because that's his nickname. Um, you know, he, you know, he's, his nickname is very appropriate for how nimble, uh, and fast he, he moves around the crease and, you know, he's just the big guy in general. And of course, you know, I'm sure like a lot of people are, if you're a fan of Marvel, you would know that there is a, you know, a a great, um, superhero that would tie in just great with Vasilevsky's nickname. And that would be the Black Panther. So yeah, I guess Andre Vasilevsky would be the Black Panther. Um, that'd be a cool, you know, that, that'd be another cool costume to see, uh, where, you know, it's just the Black Panther uniform, but it's, you know, you have it all blue and then where it has the, the, I believe it's like a silver necklace around the neck. You kind of just replace, you just put it white. And instead of like the, the claws or the teeth, you put, um, you put like lightning bolts on the necklace. That'd be a pretty cool uh, design to see. Um, yeah. So. Let me know what you think about that. That was just something that I was playing around with uh, while I was watching the movie and I was kind of prepping for the show today. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it would be pretty cool to see something like that. Um, tweet out your, uh, what your picks would be if you had to put together a kind of a, an Avengers, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, you know, themed Avengers team. I would love to hear your, uh, your choices. Obviously they don't have to match mine. Of course, you know, I would love to see, you know, maybe there's a lot of you have different answers as to what you would do with this Avengers team. Of course, uh, that hopefully could, you know, snap us back and get us back into, uh, you know, the, the hockey season as well as, you know, bringing all sports back. And now the moment you've all been waiting for game seven of the 2004 Stanley cup finals. It takes place in Tampa at the St. Pete Times Forum. Uh, it was absolutely an intense game. Um, you know, the one thing that you would, you didn't, I didn't really uh, believe. And after I looked at the stats after the game was the amount of shots in this game was very low. Um, you know, obviously in the other episodes where I recapped uh, the other games, the, the finals, um, you, you saw kind of like an upward trend in shots per game, the first three or four games, uh, both teams kind of, it, it, they, it was almost as a feeling out period for both teams where they were, you know, they weren't taking a lot of shots. And that was just because I guess both teams were fighting for possession of the puck, um, very physical style of play. And then about in games five and six, um, you know, both teams started playing what I like to call modern day hockey, where it was you know, a lot more skill play involved as well as, you know, a lot more shot taking. Uh, and it seemed like maybe nerves had to contribute a little bit to this game. Uh, Calgary came out as well and, and the lightning as well. They both played a very, I guess you could say timid, uh, first period. And I think that's what ultimately hurt Calgary in this game. They, it seemed like almost at times that they were afraid to make mistakes and, you know, of course, that's, that's, you know, a very understandable thing 
that happens in a game like this, especially where you had a chance to clinch the series at home in front of your home crowd. And unfortunately, you can't get the job done, job done there. So you have to go all the way back to Tampa and try and win on the road in front of a very hostile crowd. And, you know, the ice isn't exactly what I mentioned in my uh, last episode is that the ice isn't exactly the perfect sheet of ice down in there in Tampa. Um, I'm sure it's a lot better now than it was back then in 2004. But um, for especially you hardcore hockey fans who do play hockey, you know, if if you've ever skated on, you know, ice, you know, if you've ever played hockey during the, the spring and summer, Um, You know, of course, not all of us have the luxury of playing at, you know, the top notch facilities. So you you would, you know, run into situations where, you know, the ice melts relatively quickly and, you know, you start losing your edge and um, easily and the puck will will take weird bounces at times. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what Calgary was struggling with all all series long in Tampa, you know, and I guess. That was something that I said in my last episode that Tampa needed to take advantage of, you know, if they could just get this game, if they could just win game six and take it back to Tampa. I think that was something, you know, because, of course, they they're used to that kind of, you know, uh, environment where the puck is taking weird bounces just because that's their home ice. So they're more they're more familiar with uh, what would come, whereas, you know, Calgary, not so much, of course, you know, playing up there in Calgary. Um, and it not being as as hot or as humid as it is in Tampa. So, yeah, this was an absolutely intense game. Um, you know, it was I of course, we all know what happens. But like I said in past episodes that you kind of want to look at these games, you know, which adds a little bit more enjoyment to it with, you know, a fresh set of eyes and kind of go in there with a, you know, a, a kind of sort of naiveness to it to where, you know, you really don't know what's going to happen. And that really helped me uh, really get into these games. Of course, you know, sometimes, when, especially when you're going back and watching games where you already know the the outcome of, especially these games where they happened, you know, all these years ago uh, in 2004, they, you know, going, going back and watching the games to where, you know, you act like you don't know what's going to happen. It really adds a, another layer of excitement to it. So that was... Uh, you know, and if you haven't done that, go ahead and try it. Um, I, I really suggest it. I had a load of fun watching these games, and I suggest that you should go, you know, back and watch all of them um, and just, you know, watch them with that kind of attitude because I, I definitely recommend it. So, yeah, this was an absolutely exciting game. Um, I really went into this game expecting it to be kind of a little bit of a more high-scoring game just because of how the trend was going with the other games as well. Um, I fully expected there to be another um, overtime game just because the last two games and last two games, especially game six, when it's double overtime. Um, But you could kind of see the players, these two teams going out uh, in the first period, start off a little bit. They were a little bit sluggish. Um, You know, obviously they kind of picked it up as the game went on, but of course they would be sluggish. You know, they, they played overtime two games in a row. And especially after having a double overtime in game six, um, you know, these guys were probably exhausted. They've, they've played 82 games plus X amount of games in the playoffs um, based on how many games each series they played in one, two. So, uh, you know, they're, they're exhausted. And, but that's the magic of game seven where these guys, they go out there with a ton of energy and, you know, whether you're dealing with an energy, uh, whether it's an energy issue where you're just exhausted or if you've been dealing with, you know, injuries, it's just, you know, you go out there, it's game seven, you just lay it on the line and you just deal with 
the the consequences later because you know you're, you're playing for the biggest prize in hockey and in my opinion the greatest trophy in professional sports um i would love to hear anyone else uh challenge me on that you know because and i think a lot of people would be in agreement that the stanley cup trophy is definitely the best championship trophy um you could ever win especially in the four major sports in north america so yeah so let's just jump right into it um i'll list off the goals um real quick we'll just talk about them so in the first period um you know ruslan fedotenko scores on the power play is 11th of the playoffs uh with an assist from brad richards and frederick modine um yeah this was uh one of those goals that you've kind of seen happening um more often in this series with just a mad scramble in front and then fedotenko just gets the chance to jam it home um to get the lightning on the board real quick and you kind of saw uh calgary kind of slink back after this uh this, this is kind of what happened and i believe it was game six for a little bit they kind of they were being too fine with the puck they were you know there was a couple of power plays that they had a couple opportunities where they could have scored but of course you know you can't just blame it all on them i thought that uh nikolai kabibulin played absolutely incredible in this game he um you know he got hot at the right time you know that's i said in my last episode that you know when you know you just can't rely on scoring especially when you're making deep runs on this and that's kind of like the the common theme among championship winning uh hockey teams especially and even the teams that don't end up winning at all they they always have clutch scoring and they always have a hot goalie and that's the two things you know you can check off those two boxes especially for the tampa Bay lightning in this um, and then in the second period, Fedotenko again, um, with an absolute laser from the blue line, you know, he had a lot of space up, uh, out in front in the blue line to just rip one. And I, it looked like it was deflected in front, but, um, upon a, you know, a replay, uh, he, it looked like it just went straight through and, you know, the goaltender lost sight of it. Uh, but you can't, what I said in the last, uh, episode was that the one key, to game seven for the lightning to really, you know, kind of get that edge and, you know, really, uh, win this game was they needed to get Vinny LeCavier needed to get going. Um, he really hasn't been the same since I believe it was game four where he, you know, he got hit real hard into the boards. It was a real dirty play. Um, his head went flying into the glass and it, he ended up staying out of the game for the rest of the, um, for the remainder of, I believe it was like five minutes left in the third period. But yeah, he, ever since then, it looked like he wasn't the same, um, you know, of course, in today's uh, world with all the, you know, the strict concussion protocols, he probably would have probably would have, you know, missed the game or two, depending on, you know, how severe it was. Because, you know, if you just look at, you know, the day's look on his face, you could tell that he was concussed um, to, to what degree, I guess you would have to ask him that or find a, a, uh, an interview as to, you know, how bad it was. But he whatever you know how bad it was it kind of seemed like it was uh he got over it in this game um he started off slow early in the game which i noticed there was a lot of pucks where he kind of just the chemistry was off between him and the and his teammates i don't know if it was maybe him realizing that you know he was dealing with something and he just was trying to be too fine with the puck or he was just trying to do too much but on this goal he really was the key factor to it um you know really going through four defenders on on Calgary and then setting up uh, Rich uh, Fedotenko with that incredible goal to put them up to nothing. And, you know, in a in a game seven, being too 
being up to nothing uh, is incredible. But, you know, um, in hockey, you know, the, the old saying go to nothing in hockey is the worst lead you could ever have just because of how, I guess, topsy turvy and, you know, how fast things, how fast the ice could tip in favor of the other team. Um, so, yeah. So the key at this point in the game was for the Lightnings to just keep playing. Don't, you know, don't sit back and just try and run out the clock. You know, the Calgary at this point in the game had maybe, I want to say, six minutes and then an entire period left to, to you know, make this game even. And, you, you know, I, I didn't really worry too much, of course, um, especially in the third period when Craig Conroy scored the power play goal to uh, get Calgary on the board and, you know, put them within one. Um, it seemed like since uh the opening puck drop calgary was just you know playing from behind even though the score dictated otherwise uh the entire game they never really tried to get too much going i think it was maybe they were just i think it was just overall frustration um having to do with it i think that they were really banking on winning game six in calgary and then having to go all the way back to tampa and everything that comes with a game seven you know on the opponent's opponent Opponent team's ice, you know, it, yeah, I'm sure they they were very frustrated with it. But, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. And you just have to adapt and evolve and, you know, just keep playing the way you can play and what got you there. And unfortunately, they didn't do that. They, um, it seemed like at certain points in the game, they tried to get back to what, um, how they started playing in the first, you know, couple of games of the series. And that was playing physical hockey. And oftentimes that style of play led them to taking too many penalties. And that's what happened uh, late in this game. Uh, I believe it was Andrew Ference's uh, hit on Marty St. Louis, um, you know, really, really, uh, really kind of put the last nail in the coffin for them, you know, because especially, you know, you're, you're playing, you're, you're on, you're trying to kill the power play. And at the same time, you know, with time running down with about maybe a minute and a half left in the game, um, you're trying you know, that's not, you're not helping your cause at all. And unfortunately that's, that's what happened. Um, the, the funny thing that stuck out to me was, so the clip, uh, I found of this game on YouTube, it was from the ESPN feed and it seemed like from the minute the lightning, uh, scored their first goal, even before you can make a case for, uh, they were, they were rooting for Dave Andrew the entire time. I think the story of the game was Dave Andrew um, it seemed like, you know, all three announcers were just like, all right, let's, let's try, let's, you know, they wanted, they wanted the lightning to win. And, you know, so Dave Andrew Chuck could get his, uh, first Stanley cup. Um, at that point, uh, Andrew Chuck was, I believe had the most career games without playing or winning a Stanley cup. So that was, you know, a wild stat and, you know, I'll probably, I'll definitely go back um, after this episode and bring it to you tomorrow's episode and maybe talk a little bit more about that. Maybe who, who is on, who is now active on that list, who has not played in the Stanley cup final or who has not won one yet. Um, and we'll just, we'll go in, we'll go in detail about that as well. But um, the funny thing was that, so they spoke in a lot of detail, especially with uh, Dave Andrew wife, that he never even played or never even won a, you know, a championship game in his you know, 34 years, I guess, of hockey, playing, you know, hockey, all, going all the way back to junior and uh, midget hockey. And so that was kind of funny that when he took that tripping call at uh, 1937 into the third period and had to basically uh, watch time go down uh, from the penalty box for his first ever Stanley Cup uh, 
uh, championship. So, you know, that was kind of a funny way to do it. I, I don't think if you asked him today, he would have, he, he wouldn't mind it as much just because he got to raise the cup at the end, of course, being the captain. So, uh, yeah, my overall reaction to this game was absolutely incredible game. Um, of course, you know, I kind of wish it was a little bit more of a high scoring game, but you know, that's the way things go sometimes, especially in game seven. Like I said, starting off this episode that, um, you know, game sevens oftentimes are just very strange games and they don't sometimes follow the, the blueprint of how the series was going. But, you know, the Lightning pull off their first ever uh, Stanley Cup final win, um, you know, and hopefully we could see that happen this year uh, with Steven Stamkos lifting a cup. You know, I think tons of Lightning fans, other than the fact that the Lightning, uh, they would like to see the Lightning, you know, win the Stanley Cup finals this year, but they would like to see, you know, Steven Stamkos win one. He's a great player. Unfortunately, he's had to deal with a ton of injuries, but, um, you know, he should be back by the time the season starts and resumes. Uh, and just to see him lift one, I think would, you know, kind of be a consolation to all those injuries and especially all, you know, the way things have gone for the Lightning this year, uh, going on an incredible streak, uh, winning 11 in a row to kind of struggling and hitting a huge bump in the road as the season kind of, uh, was going down to a hold until, uh, you know, all this thing with the pandemic happened. And unfortunately they had to postpone the season. So, yeah, I had a great time uh, watching this. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, a new episode of Locked on Lightning. I got a lot of some stuff cooked up for you guys, so I can't can't wait to uh, talk about it on tomorrow's show. And in the future, we'll definitely discuss um, maybe next week. We'll discuss kind of like what the season and the playoffs leading up to the Stanley Cup finals. So um, keep an eye out for that. Um, until further notice, we'll be coming to you, you know, regular schedule, Monday through Friday, daily. Uh, yeah, so just, you know, I'll let you know if there's ever a change in the schedule. So that's been it for Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. My name's Adam Banker. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.